Welcome to Survivor Cast International. I'm Cody. I'm Jacqueline. And today on the pod, we're talking week number three of Survivor South Africa. That'll be Return of the Outcasts. And episodes 9 through 12. 9 through 12. You know what? We should make t shirts that say Today on the Pod, colon. Wouldn't that be great? And today on the pod. And today on the pod. Yeah. And it says Survivor Cast International on the back. All Cody wants to do these days is make t-shirts. Just so everybody knows, listener. Coming 2023 Survivor Cast International t-shirts. Look yes. With maybe my little alien dudes. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. Cool. All right. Now you have to throw the little alien guys up on social media. I will. I'll post it. But you have my phone, so I'll do it later. Let's roll right into talking about another wild week in Survivor South Africa. Uh, super fucking wild. Let's be real about that. Wet and wild. <sighs> I am really enjoying the four episode a week format, I think. I think we've now mastered it. Therefore, it's easier to digest. Yeah. And, you know, we get like the merge this week. We got the tried mix them up the week before it's kind of just like a fun little package of survivor every week i was so sad for who goes home right before the merge yeah should we talk about it should we do let's talk about (laughs) who went home our this week in memoriam who's dead in the game this week jackie do you want to go one by one or say all three and then talk about them individually. I mean, let's just go one by one like we normally do. Such a Say som- all three, Cody. Such a somber way to start the pod. I know. R.I.P. Pinty. 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 I want a pint of that ice cream. Uh, R.I.P. Thorizo. Really sad what? to fucking see Thoriso go. Um, and then fucking Panessa. So three black women went home in a row Alisa? this week. Yeah. You're calling her Panessa? Oh, Panessa. <laughs> I yeah, that's not great. Yeah, that's a bad fucking look, Survivor South Africa. Damn. Mm. I, it's funny that we didn't even mm. realize until mm. until this moment that that's the the fucking pattern that this week followed. Who led the charge on these votes? Who let the dogs out? Who who did this? All right, Survivor let's, South Africa. Should we break it down? Mm. Should we take a little look here? Let's take a peek. Tribal number 1 this week. Tribal number 1 took place in episode number 9. Number 9. Number 9. We didn't even we don't even get to make the number 9 joke on oh, this. Oh damn. Fudge. Should we do a number 9 corner right now? Well, no, because it takes you time to find it. Let's talk about it. Why isn't that just in your Survivor folder? Well, it's in other seasons it folder. Should, it should probably be in all of them. It I know. I wasn't thinking. I just wasn't. One. I just wasn't. Do you think South African people <laughs> even like the Beatles? I mean, probably. The answer is, of course, because the Beatles are universal. So let's talk about this tribal. There's a big, like, well, finally feeling that kind of comes with this vote, I feel like. 
Yes. It this being the first tribal post the tribe swap them up, we are kind of discussing new dynamics and how people are fitting in at their new tribe. Is it the first one? I believe so. I think it's the second. Well, I suppose yeah, there would be one before this. But we're still talking about it. People yeah. are still adjusting. Still still switching up our new family dynamics. There's not a lot. I feel like the vote is kind of set in stone coming into it. Well, I mean, the Nico does go ahead and ask, like, who feels like they're in the hot seat? And literally everybody raises their their hand. I have a note that Pinty kind of looks like Bill Murray at this tribal because she's wearing like kind of a bucket hat, but it looks like an old man. Like, I'm going fishing bucket hat and then like button up to the neck, sleeves down, flannel. Just bring in hard, like, Caddyshack vibes in a good good way. Okay. I see that. Um, Teresa brings up this point that she doesn't want to bring Killarney. That's not her name, is it? I think I learned this week that that's not how they're pronouncing her name. I mean, they're certainly not putting the Irish bro. Well, yeah, but I don't think they're saying Killarney. What are they saying, then? Killarney? Because there is an R in there. I don't, I don't remember, but I think I'm saying it wrong. Maybe we should just... I think with the hyper focus that comes on it with putting an Irish accent under it, no one would notice if we just said Killarney, right? Cool. Perfect. I think so, at least. Exactly. Um, But Teresa points out that she does not want to go to merge with Killarney because she doesn't want Killarney as part of her jury were she to make it to the very end, which I feel like is such a different way of thinking thinking about it this early in the game like you're always talking about jury management later on but it's like oh who do i not want to allow to come to merge not because i don't want to compete against them but because i don't want them in part of my jury yeah so far it's so next level but like really there are all these different facets to consider when playing survivor there's so many different avenues you can look at any vote and whether you're going short term or long term or micro or macro all these things to consider. Um, there are no idols played no. at this tribal. When the votes come in, four on Pinty, three on Killarney. Pinty starts freaking out. I know, I know. As she's like looking at Tony, and Tony's like, "Hey, it wasn't just me. I really thought it was going to be Killarney going mm-hmm. into this tribal." And I'm also a little surprised that Pinty made it this far, just because every week. It's been like the pinty show revolving around drama with them. So is that the first person voted out in our, like... In our um, uh, fantasy league? Yeah. That we've only briefly alluded to on the podcast? Yeah. Hashtag top of the pods? I believe so. Cool. That's probably good for us. Go us. I also find it (laughs) funny that Pinty has been the center of so much drama this season, and then they're the first person out this week. I love it. I'm glad that that will hopefully bring a different energy for this group. It sets the stage for Theriso and Felix being on the outs because they were not involved in the Pinty vote. And that almost rolls us directly into Night 17, our second tribal. Are you saying we're done with Episode 9? I mean, not done with the episode, but done with that tribal. Well, the tribal's the end of the episode, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, so yes, it would be the end of Episode 9. And Pinty walks out silently. And then says that um, she has no regrets and just happy that they were back to play again. That's great. That's very great for them. 
So rolling into our next tribal. Which is episode 10, night 17. We have the same tribe coming back. We have Masu back at tribal. Felix and Tarizo still feeling the outs. Interesting moment in this tribal between Thoriso and Nico mm-hmm. where Thoriso is like you know if they can't see your value and don't want to work with you kind of what's the point and Nico calls her out for being defeatist yeah there's also this feeling during this tribal to me at least that it's like super lighthearted and everyone really enjoys each other's company in this small group yeah, yeah. that it is truly a disappointment to lose one of them. Well, because Tony like pushes against Thoriso calling them the controlling Alliance and tries to frame it as we're the self-preservation Alliance. Mm-hmm. And then Tony does a lot of talking on, you know, a vote can be a compliment because you're such a strong player and it's so difficult because then you can also be a strong ally. Don't fucking play me that compliment, bitch. Right. So just, you're right. A lot of, good-natured, not wanting to... No one's happy with how this vote is going. No one... There's no animosity between the people voting and the person being voted off. And with that, there's a straight 2-2-2 vote out where they're not sure if Tarizo or Felix would have some sort of... Idol or advantage. Yes. Yeah, it's a three-way tie. Two on Felix, two on Thoriso, two on Killarney. And I've never seen that before, so that was kind of cool. And then chips fall where they may. Yep, so because they, of course, re-vote because of that. Um, How do you feel about Thoriso's whole thing of that there are problem solvers and there are... There's writers and problem solvers in a season. Hmm. I feel like that is giving it such a narrow scope. Hmm. Like there's a lot other ways to play (laughs) the game than being a writer or a problem solver. It is a little narrow. You're either solving problems and trying to not be voted off. Or or... just riding people's coattails. That's one or the other. It's like I don't necessarily feel that way at all. I guess you can very broadly put it in those two categories but it is a little derivative it's a little close-minded and goofy goofy titles right like goof if you're gonna choose anything as like distinctions of players in the game those are two interesting titles to land on i wonder if the writer comment mm-hmm. is uh centered on Kalarni specifically i mean for sure Therizo does get an applause and Nico says, here's this crazy long quote. One thing is clear. You're playing this game fast and loose. Only going, It's only going to get faster and you'll have to get stronger and your roots will have to get deeper. Uh, Good so luck with that. you hold on in that tornado. Woo! You trees. You tree. Hashtag you trees. Mm-hmm. I was sad to see Theresa go, though. Uh I mean, absolutely sad to see Tariso go. But doesn't really feel like a player that could win ever. Necess- you know what I mean? I don't see Tariso going and winning the million. No, it's it's a bummer that she was doing so much talk last episode, episode not 10, about being like not wanting Killarney on her jury and it's like you're voted out before Clarney. Yeah, that is sad. 
And I think that brings us to episode 12. To our craziest tribal oh, of God. the week, because we have the... Everybody. Yes, everyone is there. I'm trying to... Okay, so I believe it is... Yantao is at tribal and Masu is observing. Yes, Masu won last episode's immunity, immunity, which gave them the reward of getting to watch Yantao and also get to vote for a Yantao member to be eliminated. So everyone got to gets to vote, and we'll talk about this more when we get into challenges. Yes, and we're coming off a full episode of a lot of deliberation and intrigue because we're seeing it on both sides trying to narrow down who on Yantao is going to get the votes. Right. This episode is half discussion and like half planning and then half tribal. Which I don't hate. Interesting balance. Especially when you're coming off, you know, two other episodes this week. Yes. So Marion to start off this tribal mouths to Dino or to someone Dante. Telling them to play their idol for Shane. Yes, because I think Dante, it's seen that Dante, Shane, and Meryl are working together over there. It does seem that way. Um, at least that's what the Masu tribe is interpreting. There's a little bit of hat roulette going on. Phil is now wearing Marion's pink M hat. Oh. And Felix is wearing Tony's fedora with the flower in it. Love a good hat roulette game. So keep keep your eye on the, <clears throat> excuse me, the moving hats. I guess get emotional when it comes oh. to hat roulette. It was that flower. It felt so personal. My father died in a game of hat roulette. The bullet was in the chamber. That's so sad, honey. You shouldn't make that joke. About hat roulette? Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> about your dad being dead. From hat it's roulette. It's going to happen. Yeah. Joke about it too much and it'll come true. <laughs> so Dino is talking about how he doesn't know what to expect post-merge because he's never made it that far in the game. Right. And that like he doesn't have a plan right that's his that's his comment to nico's question of like i haven't been to merge so i don't have a plan of what's going to happen and i don't think anyone's expecting merge to happen at the end of this tribal no, no. i certainly wasn't but no, i do i do fun. love it it's oh you're all here let's merge might as well um, just fucking take a buff, bitches. Yeah, and Dino really just saying, like, I, oh, my plan will reveal itself, but anything that I would have planned would just be armchair planning post not being on the game. So I don't even want to... Assuming wanna, I'll get there. Right, I don't want to speculate. Um, And then we're basically, like, told, okay, get the fuck up and start chatting. Well, yeah, kind of chaos and ch- whispering starts to break out, and then Nico just sanctions full on, you can all talk to each other. Yes. Dino is talking to Felix, telling him that he's blown up his game, trying to protect Phil, and he now needs protection and direction. And Felix's response is just to survive the vote. It's a full-on hashtag whisper tribal. And that's terrible advice. Just survive the vote. Like right. that, That's nothing. Well, he also tells him to vote for Panessa. True. Vote true, for Panessa and survive the vote. Absolutely. Like, doesn't matter. As long as you don't get voted out here, like... Doesn't matter who you're aligning with. Doesn't matter who you're voting with. Doesn't matter, like, who you're writing down. Just fucking get through this vote, as Felix is like. 100%. I mean, they know the merge is close. Um, Phil, I guess, yeah, they they 
there's lots of intrigue, there's lots of talking, and then Nico calls off the whispering. It basically comes down to it's either going to be Panessa or Shane. Potentially Meryl. Or Meryl. Yes. It seems like there's some people going for Panessa. And then there is or was a group of people that were going to vote between Shane and Meryl, but now they're being like twisted towards Panessa. Yeah. And it seems like everyone's trying to hurt Dante and thinks that Dante has a fucking idol. I'm so, so bummed that no one just like fucking let's call him out and shit and yeah, the, do Dante. The idol smoke screens were surprisingly effective. Certainly were. In a way that I did not anticipate them being. So, okay. Nico calls off the whispering. Phil jokingly tries to take Nico's spot in a moment. I enjoy Phil really popping this week for me. Yeah. Um, and then there's this whole thing where Tajian is confused on what's going on and is upset that he's hearing Polisa. And he's like, what is going on? And Tony is telling him that, oh, it's fluidity is what's mm -hmm. happening. And then he's just like, well, this is stupid. And I want clarification. Vanessa says that she's a nervous wreck. And like, it's like, fuck, I feel that so heavily at even just watching this. So I can't imagine being part of this tribal. Especially she seemed not a nervous wreck until all the whisper chaos broke out. And I'm sure she's hearing her name as well. Yeah, I mean, people aren't not? being. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we get this thing where Shane, like he makes his big move where he just drops his, his pouch. pouch on the steps of the tribal area. And someone's like, you want to show us what's in there? He's like, nah. So stupid. At that point, everyone vote for Shane. I know, I know. That's your indication that this isn't a real idol. He's showing it off before you vote. And then like, no, I'm not going to open it. And you can twist yourself around thinking, oh, he's trying to hold on to it for another cycle or just something. Just vote him out. If it's even worth anything post-merge. Right. Yeah. And then Dino also mentions that he has a pouch, but everyone already knows about that. Mm-hmm. Tajan is just like full on irritated at this point. And Meryl asks Nico if they can just go to the votes. Nico shuts her down. No, you fucking can't because somebody's still not ready. It's not quite Biatch. that mean. It's a little more uh, tactful, but it's very good hosting. It's very much also like, mm, remember your place, mm -hmm. bitch. And, like, not everyone's ready. They're still, you know, Tajian is not ready for it to be brought to the vote, so we're yeah. not going to do that yet. <sighs> but. Nothing really comes of the, like, it's very much a, like, Nico just wrestling control back. There's really no more substance. Not Tajian is just like, oh, okay, I'm yeah, going to go with it. the consensus, and, you know, it, it's already. It just makes me sad and angry. Exactly. And then we throw it to the votes. Steffi votes first for the Masu tribe. Yes. Shane votes first for the Yantau tribe. Love it. And then Dante reveals after people have voted that he also has a pouch, but it's a special edition doorstop that has no value because it is the fake or not the fake expired the expired idol from before forever ago that he never activated because he, he never got the other it, half well he didn't give it to someone on the other tribe right and no one gave him there okay because it was given to dino yes. yes okay and then phil reveals what does phil reveal that he's just been fucking with y'all and he found the 
Not what? Phil, Shane. Shane reveals yes, that Shane, he has Phil. the yes. diplomatic immunity <laughs> and that it's worthless. And then there are no real idols played. Nope. I feel like Dante is like looking at Dino half expecting him to play his idol. I'm glad Dino didn't. The votes come in. Two on Meryl. Seven on Palisa. Uh, as the two votes come in on Meryl, Meryl or Marion mouths, what the fuck? I think alarmed that there yeah. are votes on Meryl. And <clears throat> as we see these votes come in after it, like it worked. Dante's head is in his hands, clearly looking upset about this. It, it, he felt it. At least it's not him. Yeah, yeah, but he is sad to lose his perceived number one, who was maybe a double agent the whole time. Yeah, it's like everyone was trying to hurt Dante by this, but it's like, oh, was Dante even really with them? It's like Dante thought Polisa was yeah. his right-hand person, but she seemed to be feeding info to other people. Like, the whole time. Absolutely. And then, uh, I mean, she gets a standing ovation. The goal is standing O. She looks very sad. She, like, leaves really positively and gracefully, but, like, her face just looked very sad. They say they love her, and she says she loves them back. And so it is a humble exit. And then they're merged. Yep. They're all gagged. Phil hugs Nico. They burn their buffs. They got 20 more days. They're going to be called the Salon Tribe, and they're going back to... They're the Solange tribe Solange. after Beyonce's little sister. Love it. Uh, yeah, and they're going back to the Yantau tribe beach. Perfect. We've got 20 days left. All right, Cody. Now that we've talked about the fuckers we've kicked out, let's give out some awards. Let's give out some awards. It's the most exciting part of every week. Yes. The South African Awards, where we'll be giving out the Amanda Hoosen Miss Congeniality, the Hein Vosloo Ultimate Survivor, the Fashionista, and the Serafina Teachable Moment Awards of the Week. Yes, we will. We know you're excited. We're excited. We're so excited. We're so excited. Can't you tell by our voices? I don't think you even know how excited we are. We are. We're. We're. So excited I can barely speak. Because <clears throat> you've been swerving. I've been swerving. I'm so excited. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> swerve. Okay. Um. So we are going to start with the one and only Miss Congeniality Award of the Week. Our third Miss Congeniality of the season. Do you want to go first or would you like me to go first? I can go first. All right. Lay it on me. So my Miss Congeniality moment takes place in episode nine. Okay. It is during the Yon Tao's trip to reward. Okay. And it is our last contestant, Marion. When, you know, at first felt pretty salty about having to go last, be the last person to go into the stop. Okay, at the outpost. Yes. Okay. Uh, no, not at the outpost, at the fresh stop shop. Oh, gotcha. I, yes. I'll, the outpost and the fresh stop shop are two distinct things. You're correct. I'm yes. Sorry. And they had won a trip to the fresh stop shop. Yes. Where they got three minutes each 
to devour as much as they could. I love this. This is a good opportunity just to cover Dive this into as well. It. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And um, yeah, she was they and it's interesting I that they decide amongst themselves the order they and they're have, given yeah. no guidance to how to go about doing that. I kind of dig that. They could have rock, paper, scissors, they could have gone by height. They draw straws. Yes. Something have you ever done that in real life? I have. Ooh, I have I never have drawn straws. It's always been like a thing I've seen on television. I've never actually done it myself. Okay. I feel like in doing games with students a lot, we have to like demonstrate different ways on how to like choose order and things like that and yeah. drawing straws is something we've definitely done before do you do it where someone has to do something and the short straw gets it or do you do it as they did in this episode and each straw is a different length and that determines a hierarchy it, well it depends on what activity yeah okay. it's like this is an order thing so we need it to go in order we don't want like Oh, there's one short straw. Whoever gets it then chooses the order or chooses who's next and they choose who's next. That could choose poorly. It's an obvious thing to do. I just had never seen it done that way. I had only seen the like, oh, whoever is unlikely, luckily gets the the smallest straw, not the there's each a different length of straw. How would you have chosen this order? Uh, (laughs) I mean, we could. I think, yeah, trying to like talk it out is just an avenue for frustration and disagreement. Absolutely. So some impartial unbiased thing is good. I mean, drawing straws is great. I wouldn't have thought of it, but if someone else suggested it, I'm like, yeah, good thinking. Okay. Do you know? Would you have thought of something else? I guess rock, paper, scissors, but then you have to like do a tournament. Wouldn't that be fun to have rock? Like, wouldn't that be so dynamic for viewers? Like, okay, everybody pair up and rock, paper, scissors. It would be a ton of fun All the winners pair up with somebody else. Winners pair up. And maybe there's like a slight different South African variant that would be fun to see. Yes. Or like back in church camp days, we'd play like man beats the gun the gun beats the gorilla oh really the gorilla yeah. beats sure, the man sure there's all the like fun variations kids put on rock paper scissor <laughs> do you say rock paper scissor or paper rock scissors rock paper scissors yeah okay well i and i was going to say i guess i could choose in how i solve most of my disagreements is through a dance challenge mm, dance off classic dance off but who would be the decider for the dance off if you're doing a dance off correctly, you don't need a judge. It's a parent who's won each round. So is it like triple R rules where it's just dance to exhaustion and the last person still dancing? It's both endurance and style. Okay. Again, if you have to ask these questions, it's clear <laughs> you've never been in a real dance off. All right. Well, Meryl gets to go first. Then it's Panessa, Phil, Shane, Dante, Dino, Marion is last. And so that's the order of it. Um, When Meryl goes, she finds out pretty quickly that the idol is going to be in that cake that has like idol symbols on it. It seems so obvious, right? So, yeah, she dives in with two fingers. It's like, just make it look like you're taking a piece of cake if you don't want it to look obvious. This thing is, well, this whole scenario is so very non-COVID happy. Oh, yeah. We're going to be touching everything and then eating some of it afterwards, and we're going in shifts, so the last person, everyone else has touched everything. All your food that you're going to eat. 
I guess, and there's some stuff that, like, okay, like, these chicken wraps have clearly not been disturbed. I think there are some areas, but you're definitely eating some shit that's been touched. Well, especially because everyone's like, looking for a fucking idol. I know, I know. Every person before you, like, pulls up the cotton candy and, like... Whoever goes second specifically is like, I put my finger in everything. Yes. Just, so it's like, yeah, she literally touched all the shit. Vanessa. Vanessa. But, yeah, so Marion, why is she your miscongeniality? Based on the, okay. the shot. So she comes back, or she, you know, had a salty attitude at the beginning, but then is just like full on. I had a little bit of everything, could do what I want. And her shot running back to the group, you get the little jump heel click. And it just screamed miscongeniality to me this week. I love it. I was trying to find my, okay, yeah, my notes on the shop, which we covered them all. I didn't catch the heel click. Oh, it's specifically at like 24 minutes. Okay, that's I'll wonderful. find it and put it in there. Okay. You have been approaching miscongeniality in a slightly different angle, and I appreciate it. I try. Speaking of running up and down that bridge between where they start in the shop, it's insane that part of their three minutes is included in running to the fucking shop. Absolutely. Also, insane that Meryl gives some of that three minutes to read her clue. Like, why don't you just shove it in your bra or underwear or whatever, keep eating, and then dissect that back when you get to camp? I wonder a little bit if, like, production's like, okay, we'll pause and let you read the thing, or... It's not a part of your time. I would hope not because it would fucking suck if it was. But if it's not, how do they explain why she had so much time down right, there and right. other people did Why didn't? she was gone longer. Exactly. That's a, that's a good point. It must have been. Just saying. Don't read that in the shop, Meryl. Okay. My miscongeniality. Is that? I'm sorry. Oh, I don't. Uh, hopefully the mic is picking it up. But yes, it's been very humid all day. And I think we're hearing the storm breaking outside. It sounds like massive thunder and my feet just quaked. Damn. Hopefully okay. the power doesn't go out while we're recording. That's what I was wondering. All right. Our backup pod generator, <laughs> the transformer we've installed just for podcasting will pick up. Don't worry. <laughs> Who's your miscongeniality and why, Cody? My miscongeniality of week number three is Nico the host of Survivor oh, South Africa. Oh, okay. I'm awarding it to okay. Nico. Why did Nico get that award? I mean, Nico's a great host, and we love Nico. Undeniable. But just general hosting duties will not award you miscongeniality. No, that's why I'm curious. But specifically because of that moment in the final tribal where... I, uh, the And not because he goes into host mode <laughs> and reprimands Meryl for trying to throw to the vote before he's ready. Word. But specifically because his reasoning is that Tajan is mm. not ready. So he's like kind of, he's just like, I can tell that Tajan's emotionally in turmoil and frustrated and angry at what's going on. Going to make sure he has a platform to express that if he wants, while also separately doing good hosting duties and wrestling control and putting his foot down and asserting himself as no, your contestant, I am host. Hell I throw it yeah. to vote. That is such a good miscongeniality moment. I'm glad you think so. I'm like impressed. Thank you. High five on the pod. All right. 
Up next is Fashionista of the Week. Hit us, Cody. Fashion. Fashion. Work. Fashion. Work it. Fashion. Fashion. Okay. My Fashionista of the Week, Jacqueline. Who is it? Considered giving it it to Pinty for the Bill Murray look that I Mm. already mentioned. Mm. But a different person at that first tribal cinched it for me. (gasps) What? Giving it to Killarney for their big cross. Okay. Their leather cowgirl hat. Okay. And their 90s country grunge look that I'm getting for them this week. I love it. They do have this like macrame swim bikini top that they wear at some point this week that is like fucking fly. They're kind of like rocker lady in a way sometimes. I like get um oh who is it ted michael of love ted or one of michael of love one of those like love you're shows. thinking of uh rock of love rock of Brett love michaels the there lead we go of poison who is terrible and poison's a shitty band but I they mean, sing I was pretty close with every that. rose i mean brett rock of love i think is what you said i said michaels i think Ted Michaels? I think I said Ted Michaels. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I could imagine Killarney on a motorcycle Mm -hmm. listening to Guns N' Roses in the 80s. It'd be hot. 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 So she is my fashionista of week three. Who is yours? Now, okay. I don't know if this hasn't been worn previous to now. Damn, I know exactly what you're talking about. Or if like... I was blind, but now I see, and it's in every fucking scene or something. But I also feel like it made its appearance midway through this week and then was very present the latter half of the week. Showed up literally right before Tribal, right before the very first Tribal. Before first Tribal? Before first Tribal okay, in episode well, nine. Let's not the keep, first appearance of it. Let's not keep the people in suspense any longer. Let's name the garment and the person. Tajan's purple, like, when... Rain jacket. Yeah. Wind rain jacket. His purple people eater. I mean, it is fly. It's got a great hood. It's 90s. It's it's fantastic. I love it. And I... I. It looks nice on his skin tone, too. It does. Purple. purple and, like, olivey tones. Like, I look really nice in purple. Yo. My dad looks great in purple. Yo. okay 14 year old cody for what yo oh because my voice cracked yes my voice has been cracking a lot lately am i going through fourth puberty Mm, wouldn't it fourth i mean if i if you have to ask (laughs) god um but yeah it appears throughout the week yes but its first appearance is episode nine last or like my last note but probably not the last shot of Tejan, yeah, before they go to tribal. So totally. Tejan's purple jacket for fashion moment of the week. Fashion. fashion All right, moving fashion. on to our Serafina teachable moments of the week. Would you like to take it first, Jackie? I will take it first, Cody. Late on you. Oh, 
I thought that you were continually trying to hit pause on the song, not turn the volume different. No, I was so, setting it to play on repeat. Oh, perfect. And so I was just like waiting for the pause to happen. And then I realized that you weren't pausing it. So. I thought we'd talk over the music I, on this I one. love it. I love that so much. But that's why I had that elongated pause. I thought everyone should know. If I wouldn't have drawn attention to it, no one would have even noticed it was an elongated pause. I love that now it's the elongated pause corner and we're just fully <laughs> stopping down to talk about it. I love it. We should make t-shirts that say elongated pause on it. Just parentheses, <laughs> elongated pause. That's a great t-shirt idea. Cody, you should just do all of these things. You start making a list. Checking it twice. All right. <laughs> My teachable moment is brought about by our friend Felix. Okay. And he doesn't actually teach the people. So I'm a little disappointed. He like behind the scenes talks about what he should be teaching them. Oh, I I think I know your teachable moment and I love it. And so I'm a little disappointed he doesn't confront the bitches. Mm, hashtag confront the bitches. Another great t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> With the hashtag, of course. Yes. <laughs> um, but Teresa and the team rightfully come back on episode nine from the challenge. Which we'll talk about in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Real angry. Yes. And because of the dirty playing at the very first immunity, right? Yes. Um Tejan real upset from them playing dirty. Yes. Phil was also really upset. Cut to Felix's interview where he's like, I don't fucking know why these bitches be complaining about dirty play especially, when last fucking week. Especially Pinty. When last especially fucking pinty. week. They were getting down and dirty in the mud pit. Well, and he's so eloquent about it, too. He's like, you know, when it suits your game, anything goes. And he says it much more eloquently than I'm saying it right now. Imagine this, but eloquent. When it suits your game, anything is fine. But when You're it comes loser. your way, not so much. Sucks to be you. Sucks to suck. Yeah, I completely agree. I think he's 100% in the right. But I also am only going to give it a half teachable moment because he doesn't take the full step and confront his team and be like, yo, hashtag, fucked up, bros. Hashtag teach the people. Teach the people. Damn. What's your teachable moment, Cody? Jackie, we're so synced up. My teachable moment what? is not the same, but it's That's good. directly related. What? So my teachable moment is also related to the first immunity challenge. I And my teachable moment is broadly, <laughs> don't trust anybody. Oh. Not even yourself and not even your own senses. Because when you're blindfolded and uh, you're hearing directions and you hear a me. mysterious male, a Go soothing, Keep going straight. the soothing dulcet tones of Dino. This way, this way. Stay straight. Stay Come on. Straight. You know, you should be listening to the beautiful, bright, sunny tones of Theriso. <laughs> yes, those. Just don't trust anybody. Don't trust your own senses. Don't trust anything. No trust. In Survivor. That's my teachable moment. Not in all life. In all of life. In just Survivor. All life, all the time. During no Survivor. Trust. Well, great Serafina Corner. Um, and last but not least, Cody, I need to know... Actually, I'm going to go first because mine's really weak this week. My Hein Vazlu. Ultimate Survivor Moment of the Week. Ultimate Survivor Moment of the Week is in Episode 10. Okay. 
during immunity and reward. Oh my god, I think we might have the same ultimate survivor moment. Steffi? Yes! Shit! Holy shit! shit. Is, it this, is this the first time? We had another sync up last week, but I don't remember what category it was. Oh, me either. Because of her amazing cheerleading and fucking, like, Super rallying intense, everybody. But very powerful. You know, we watched the episodes more than once, and the first time we watched it, I'm like, do... Am I annoyed with Steffi? Is she? But on second watch... They would have fucking just been dead in the water without her. And there's no way they would have gotten as close as they did. They almost had it only on her back. On her back and her front. Yeah. All of her. Steffi. She killed it. Because she was all in. So that was also your ultimate survivor moment? Steffi is my ultimate survivor of the week as well. Steffi, you're an all-out winner this week. And we're going to see, we're not fully breaking it down because our next segment, of is course, challenges. is challenges. So let's roll right into those challenges. Episode nine, right off the bat, we've got immunity and reward. Yes. So immunity number one, what they're doing is one member is blindfolded and they are calling and leading all the other. No, they're not blindfolded. One member is not blindfolded and they are calling and leading everyone else through a giant maze. Correct. Who are blindfolded. We've got. Nico, I'm sorry. <laughs> we have Theriso. Yeah, we do have the host Nico. Nico is there. We have Theriso calling for Masu and Dino calling for Yanto. And what are they trying to win, Cody? They are going to win <laughs> a visit to the Fresh Stop Shop. What are you freaking out? I don't understand this bit. I was fainting because Kalarni oh. <laughs> passes out before they announce what the reward is. Yes, exactly. You're. God, I mean, Cody. you were right. No reaction. You well, just keep talking. <laughs> I was looking at my notes and I just heard you Woo, look over and you've jokingly fallen out of your chair. And I had, you know, I hadn't read in my notes yet about Killarney fainting. I forgot <laughs> okay. this is where it happened. Well, that's where it happened. She's Killar fine. She succumbs to the sun. She begs them not to take her out of the game. Don't, don't take me from the game. You literally just like had heat stroke for five seconds, Clarny. They're not going to take you from the game. I think she said it jokingly. <laughs> I don't think no, she was. No, she sincerely meant it. I don't know. I, I just, uh, maybe, maybe. It's hard to say. But I can understand, you know, feeling anxious about that. <laughs> I can understand that from you, Senor Anxious. Um, yeah, and you're anxious because you're anxious, so you would under you would sympathize, you would empathize with Kalarni in this moment. Yes, okay, I hear you. Winners get to go to the fresh stop, and you're right, Therizo and Dino are color callers. But how do you feel about the callers also having to be the puzzle solvers at the end? It's interesting. It's a lot of highlighting them. Mm -hmm. You know, even just for a viewer, it would be nice for... I think one of the blindfold people should have to solve the puzzle. Honestly. Or, like, the caller and one of the blindfolded people or something. Or it's like there's a caller, everyone else is going through the maze, and then there's one person just waiting at the puzzle station to be delivered the bags who isn't allowed to call at all. Yeah. That might be interesting. That would be cool. It works out well for Yantel because Dino is the puzzle master. Because Dino's great at everything, apparently. I'm a little bit surprised that Masu decides to have Theriso as their caller. 
I think it's because Therizo, like, who else is going to do the fucking puzzle? Good, good point. Good that's point. I think exactly. that's their thought is like, yeah. who can do a puzzle? <laughs> Pinty can do the calling because she's loud, but can't do the puzzle. Exactly. Kind of the same huh. for everyone else. Pinty also doesn't know which is her left because it takes Theresa saying left four times and then <laughs> Another person Tony saying, being like, this is, left. this is left. <laughs> Another blindfolded person. Exactly. Tony's blindfolded and can still tell that Pinty's <laughs> not fucking going the right direction. Yeah, I, my note just says Pinty bad at following directions. <laughs> nope, it's because she literally doesn't know which way is left. And, you know, Pinty bad at following directions may be something that transcends just <laughs> this challenge, just a general statement. Yes. Theresa gets frustrated very quickly. I, I get that she's loud, but she doesn't seem to have the patience or the communication skills to handle what's going on. That sounds really mean. But like Dino does break it down and he's like taking them clump by clump. And OK, you stop. I'm giving this group directions. Now you stop. Now I'm giving you directions where Theresa is just getting frustrated and. But it's also like her teammates aren't helping. And I think it's that like. She's trying to give directions to one group of people and maybe didn't clearly communicate who that is. And so everyone's okay. trying to move that way. That's a good. And now she's trying to like, no, not you. Yeah. This, yeah. I think that's the issue that she got into. Dino does tell Theriso that he's going home. Yes. As soon as all the puzzle pieces get to Dino's platform and he's going to go run. Everyone else is blindfolded. Nobody fucking knows what Dino's doing except for Therizo. So she ru he runs over to Therizo is like, I'm going home and then runs off to do the puzzle. But if he's so worried about going home, why is he also fucking with Masu? You think he would not be doing that? Because then his tribe won't go to tribal oh, yeah, 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 and he won't yeah, go duh, home. Duh, duh, duh. I'm so stupid. Um. So now the rest of fucking... Yontau gets to unblindfold, hops up on the platform, is and Shane is telling everyone to make as much noise as possible. So no one can hear Therizo. Everyone's like, Dino, go Dino. Go Dino. Go Dino. Go Dino. Hashtag go Dino. Therizo starts losing her fucking mind. She pushes, she pushes, I think, um, who did she push? Does Therizo push somebody? Perry, um, God, what's her fucking name? Oh, someone on Yantau who's chanting. <clears throat> yeah, she straight up pushes Panessa. She straight up pushes Panessa away from her. Damn. Like, get the fuck away. Quit yelling over me in my ear. Like, she's losing her shit. I, I don't know how I feel about this tactic. It's both shitty and a little bit frustrating to watch. And if I were Theresa or on Masu, I would be very irritated by it. And it does seem unsportsmanlike. Yes. But at the same time, it also feels completely within bounds. It's totally fair. Yeah. What I feel like is the real bullshit move is where when Dante is like straight, 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 whispering to Dino. Tone Dino. Dino. Yeah, not Dante. Sorry. Dino, who's working on the puzzle and Tony and someone one of the masu people have kind of wandered near because the, they're putting their puzzle bags on their table which is where right where near where dino is solving their puzzle on his table so yes he is seeing that they're nearby and giving them direction tony later says that she thought it was tajin apparently yeah which doesn't make sense but in the moment i get it there's a lot going on you're hearing a lot of yelling and 
I mean, the yelling from Yantau immediately debilitates Tony and her partner. A thousand percent. Yeah, it's kind of shitty, but yeah. Therese calls it foul play, calls it nasty. Um, But then Dino, like, totally wipes the floor with her. Absolutely. There is a moment. Well, he gets... Dino solves the puzzle before Theresa has all of her bags open. Exactly. Um, the sweet taste of victory. There is a moment where Dante turns, or um, Dino turns to Dante, and it, they're like hugging. And Dante, or Dino's like, hey, thanks for fucking, like, thanks for cooperating, man, and not fucking it up. Sure. And Dante's just like, yeah, totally, another day. Like, we'll fucking fight it out another day. Today, you don't need to go home. The Dante Dino hatred between them that has carried over into this week um now that according to tejan they're crestfallen and utterly dejected let's move in to our next immunity and reward of the week in episode 10 so in episode number 10 again pretty close into the start we queue up for an immunity and reward all right what they're going to be doing in immunity challenge number two of the week is they have to chop a rope with an axe, which will release a giant wrecking ball. Chop a rope three times, might we say. Two different, three different segments. Yes. And then they have to drag <laughs> the wrecking ball through an obstacle course, over a wall, etc. Yes. Then they have to hoist it up and use it to smash through five, I believe, four, four, four panels. Four, like, tile panels. It's a tile in a wooden frame. And you Are have, you... there's someone operating the ball, and then there's people guiding it, and then dropping it. Someone who's operating it, who can drop it at the opportune moment. I would guess. I was also thinking of playing Miley Cyrus's Wrecking Ball. I'm a little disappointed we didn't come into this for this one. I just didn't. I'm like, how does that song begin? How long into the song until she says wrecking ball? I mean, we're about to find out. And we should have been playing it since we started talking about this challenge quietly. Well, then I'm like, also, how much like radio shock DJs do we want to be where we have constant (laughs) music cues based on the fact that there's a wrecking ball in this challenge? I mean, it's an intense wrecking ball challenge. It's a very, and this is also when Steffi is awarded yes. Ultimate Survivor of the Week by both of us. Steffi, and it's not even that far into this song. No. All right. They're also playing for pizza. Pizza, beer, and soda for those who might be so inclined. Nico says that the pizza has all of your favorite toppings, and they cut to the pizza, and I like everything I'm seeing on this pizza, but it is interesting that I'm seeing some prosciutto. I'm seeing some non-standard by American caliber pizza toppings. What is your ideal pizza topping, Cody? My ideal pizza topping? Yes. What would be your ideal pizza? And we're talking all dietary restrictions out the window. No. This is dream pizza. No. We're talking about you right now as who you are as a person. What would you want on your pizza? Wait. So all current dietary restrictions in place? In place. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Right? Well, because it's different between what's your ideal slice of pizza. Like what's your perfect piece of pizza or but I, ideal right ideal like that's just something yeah. we had to define are we talking perfect i think would be well perfect is also a little nebulous 
like dream dream slice of pizza would be different than the thing I might pick to eat right now. You know what okay. I'm saying? Okay. Well, what do you classify ideal as then? I'm just saying there's the slice of pizza that I would want to eat now based on being a vegetarian and maybe not eating dairy. And then there's like, what do I think would be the best slice of pizza? And those wouldn't be the same thing. All right. Hit me with both of them. Hit you with both. Do it. Double slice me. All right. I think actual like, oh, I think this would be the tastiest slice of pizza. Yes. I've got to go with non thin crust, normal okay. crust, normal sauce, non stuffed crust. That's what I assumed with normal crust. <laughs> Sausage mushroom normal mozzarella yeah mozzarella okay. oh no cheese just kidding mozzarella okay and then i think oh now sausage and mushroom cody in 2022 going out to eat a slice of pizza take those sausages off keep the cheese i think if i'm eating a slice of pizza mm -hmm. i will go for the cheese although i will say i think the best application of vegan cheese is with pizza yes in my opinion but vegan cheese is trash normal crust keep it gluten no cauliflower okay and red sauce so the only thing you would change is with or without sausage yeah just mushroom right I think mushroom is my favorite slice of pizza okay how about you what's your ideal slice of um, also trying to be as meat free as possible right now. Sure. It would be normal crust, normal sauce, normal cheese, cooked a little extra, little okay. well, well done. done and pineapple with like caramelized onions. Oh, but my ideal would be pineapple bacon jalapeno onion that's good that's fun yeah bison bison as well bison no bison chunks no gross okay cool and, and would you go for the soda or the beer soda i hate beer beer's gross even if you're on the island yes beer is still gross so yontau sits marion mm -hmm. and okay can we talk real quick about fucking Marion looking for oh. an idol around this fucking bench? So ostentatiously, like no subtlety whatsoever, full on standing up and just peeking under the bench. You might as well just like stand up, flip the fucking bench over, give it a good look over and flip it back with how ridiculous you're being. I guess she's banking on no one paying her any attention. Mm, yeah. Everyone's hyper focused on what they're doing. I think it's pretty silly. When we get into the axe chopping portion, mm. Dante surprisingly sucks at using an axe or chopping. <laughs> You'd think he'd be better at it. You would think so, but yeah, no. Felix, however, is a fucking beast. Because he's a fucking fireman, isn't he? Or is that Phil? That's uh, Phil. That's a fireman. That's why he's got the I put out shirt. And why he Slides knows how to handle pole a pole. So well later. But um, yeah, but Felix is the axe man. He fucking chops away like a... Like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. And this is the first glimpse we get of Steffi being like uber cheerleader when they're chopping rope. Really from the sidelines being extremely vocal, really cheering. Come on, one go, more, go, go. Right. But no one else is cheering. Like she's no. really trying to get them going, trying to electrify them. So Masu has a huge start thanks to like Felix. 
and they get the ball down, they get it through the first chunk of obstacles, but then they have to get their tribe up like a slanted wall. It's like a straight up and down wall. Yeah. And they have a rope to help them. Like you see this in like military shows or video. Like, is it full vertical? It I think is. It doesn't no, have... it's full vertical. And you have to hoist the ball up yeah. as well at the end. Theresa really struggles uh, with it, but anyone would. I mean, Theresa was so close too. If she could have just like three more steps, she would have had it. But then she falls and it's painful one. I'm sure really hard to go from there. And completely equalizes any like lead that they had absolutely and then yantao they get their wrecking ball over the wall first and hoist it up as first as well and begin smashing tiles and they get two ahead pretty much right off the bat and it's basically impossible for them to catch up masu when they do get set up they are just struggling to be cohesive with the wrecking ball movements the people guiding the ball aren't in tandem with the person dropping the ball. Right. Which is essential, obviously. It is. It takes Steffi kind of taking an intense lead. Organizing them. In a in a in a very like forceful way, but like not aggressively, but very like, okay, I'm fucking getting shit together, which could be read the wrong way by tribe mates. From a viewer vantage it's like there's this vacuum where someone needs to fill mm-hmm. this role and bring them together. And she sees that and just fills it, you know? So you're right. It's not aggressive. It's not hostile. It's not cutting anyone down, but it is like, come on, we're all tired. Let's keep going. We got this and rallying them and straight up organizing them to the point where now we're scoring. Despite this ultimate survivor moment, they're not able to pull it out. Masu wins, but almost forgets to pull the fucking flag. Right. Uh, it's a little bit heartbreaking. You always want the underdog to... What, you either... It's just so hard to see someone come back and almost, almost win and then still lose. That's really heartbreaking. It's real life, baby. That's real life, baby. And you know what's not real life? Tony then calling out, hey, let's all say goodbye to each other. Hey, are we at least going to hug? Which is okay. Like we always do at this point, question mark. Jesus Hugs it out with everyone, but really hugs it out with Dino. Well, and whispers and holds it up to his chest to pass him this idol. It's like, hug him and slip it into his back fucking pocket or something. This is as good a time as any to address the fact that this is the idol that Taejin has now found that right. was buried by the well that is the other half to Dante's idol that Fucking, yeah that he like Tony and him hatch a plan that she's going to distract people he's going to go digging they find it and then it's like okay to fuck Dante over we're going to give this to Dino because Dante's been gunning for Dino let's pass it off at this challenge doesn't look good for Dino looks horrible for Tony but Real smart of Tajian to pass the responsibility of passing the idol onto somebody else. Tajian, it's really savvy playing on his part because you're absolutely right. He gets his goal accomplished and there's no heat on him. And I mean, if he doesn't mind it, there's immediate heat on Tony and Dino because of it. Absolutely. All right, so I think that's everything I have on that. We're going to hop to the beginning of episode 11. To our next immunity and reward. Airhorn, airhorn. So, 
one person from each tribe is going to be sent to outpost. Every fucking buddy is going to go to tribal, but only the losing tribe is in danger of being voted out. We haven't even described the challenge yet. Well, that's just the, that's, that's the outcome of the challenge. Yes. So what they're doing is <laughs> they are each standing on a perch in the water while a holding a ball over their head. A perch with like a fucking block in the middle of it that looks awful to stand on. A block that's, so it's a circular thing that they're standing on. Perch that we've been calling. Like, yeah. Yes. I was just trying to describe it slightly more. Totally. Just like what we've been calling the perch is the circular thing, right? Yes. They're standing on (laughs) what a circular thing, a perch, if you will. Um, It's like a log, you know, that's turned vertically. Totally. But in the center of it is a square that has ridges in it that is higher up than the rest of the thing they're standing on, which would make it so much worse. It would hurt your foot. It would hurt your foot. Your feet. And yeah, they has got to stand up there. Last person standing wins. And the last on each goes to outpost as you've said. Yes. Um, Their ball has to be over their head. It does go in two phases. The first phase, they get to rest it on their head. The second phase, they have to hold it up above their head. Absolutely. Everyone's gagged that they are all going to tribal because there's the awful, the thing of the, the tribe that wins goes to tribal and they get to cast a vote on the opposing tribe. And that's fucking fun. I feel like we've seen so many like, oh, both tribes are going to tribal, but both people have to vote people out. But the winning tribe gets to watch it. But we haven't seen this. Iter- I don't feel like we've seen it. I don't think we've seen this iteration where both tribes get to vote on one group, one tribe's players. I don't think I've seen it either. It, it is a, it's a really fun idea, and I'm surprised that it hasn't been done before. I like the idea that then the losing tribe and the winning tribe are both then deliberating in this element of, okay, I mean, because... Phil expresses it of like, oh, I don't know these people. It's going to be really hard formulating an opinion on who to vote off. I like that idea of some scrambling going on for voting off someone on the opposing tribe and playing that next level of strategy of how is voting off this person on the opposing tribe going to in the long term post merge affect my game? Exactly. Because you want to weaken an alliance that you don't see necessarily working with you, but not piss off people that you might want to play with. So it's, it's a hard balance. I feel like a hundred percent. Now I wonder how heavy these balls are that they're holding over their heads. I mean, probably not super heavy, probably five pounds or less. Two pounds, maybe. Yeah. Like a medicine ball. Yeah. So, Dante's wearing a bucket hat. Looking fly. Do you think that helps him balance it on his head? Probably. I love it. It's kind of an unfair advantage. Um, And everybody makes it to step two, where you have to, like, raise the the ball up above your head. And then shortly after that, Felix is the first to drop out. And very quickly after, I think on purpose, I think with the intention to go talk to Felix... 
Dante drops his ball. But it's right after this moment where other people are singing head, shoulders, knees, and toes. So there's just a split second where it's like, did Dante get like confused by people singing head, shoulders, knees, and toes and drop his ball to go touch his toes? That's so funny. It's lined up closely enough that there was just a moment where I thought that it happened. We're just going to declare it. We're going to call it over here that that's just what happened. Okay. But he does definitely go to talk to Felix to yeah. fucking get the lowdown on what's been going on since the, the swap him up. And call that Dino a fucker. Dante hates Dino so much. Dante is so angry with Dino. It's kind of absurd. And then Shane drops and then he is just kind of like hanging out adjacent to Dante and Felix chatting. And gets asked like, oh, who are we going to vote out next? And he says Dante, not, and then like, oh, no, I mean says Dino. D- oh, does he say Dante? Yes. Accident? Oh, shit. He says Dante, and then it's like, oh, I mean Dino. Making this a very sloppy moment for Shane. Super sloppy. Because not only is he flubbing and definitely probably putting Dante's hackles up at saying the wrong name, he's ostensibly also throwing Dino under the bus. 100%. Someone whom he's professed, you know, no BS. I'm like, your buddy, ride or die, you can trust me real sloppy gameplay. Vanessa comes next. Palisa? Is it Vanessa or Palisa? It's Palisa. Is it? I think so. I don't know. I don't know where you're getting Vanessa. I don't know. know. It's in my notes. Um, (laughs) But she's next and lots of like, who's going out? Who are we to vote? And lots of consensus riding around Dino. We need to get Dino out. Gotta get rid of Dino, but how do we get rid of Dino when he's got a thing? Meanwhile, Meryl is getting nauseous, but sticking in. They're at the 40-minute point. Then Marion falls. Succumbs to pain. When Marion comes, there is a very clear shift that strategy talk stops being so open. It now reverts to like whispers and like one on one instead of like a whole group conversation that it's okay that everybody hears. Absolutely. Killarney is the next person out. Steffi literally looks like she could do this forever. She's just like, woohoo! Like, looks actively like she's not tired whatsoever. Meryl is the next to drop. And we have three Masu and two Yantao left at this point. Correct. Tony tells Dino that he does not need to stick around in this challenge, that he's totally fine, that they're going to work their magic and protect him so he can drop out. He doesn't take it quite yet. Killarney falls. And there's also this talk of, uh, like, Phil is asking Dino, you know, we're the last two Yantaos, please send me to Outpost. And Interesting enough, Tony's also like, yeah, come on, send Phil to Outpost, Dino. It'll be all good. One hour passes, Meryl falls, and that's when Dino gives in to Phil. Yes. Then we're at the 90-minute mark, post-Dino dropping. Uh, Dante and Polisa are gossiping a lot back on the beach. Right. And then uh, Marion starts to consider that she's possibly going to use her diplomatic immunity after this round and i do also just want to say that her tribe is probably going to lose and why not just get out of dodge she also going into it 
had decided that like if Steffi seems like she's in a bad spot, I'm gonna give it to her. She reiterates that something she had pledged earlier on last week, I believe. Really, just cementing that like she's fucking ride or die with Steffi. She wants to either use her diplomatic immunity to protect Steffi, or okay, it doesn't seem like she needs it. She's doing really well. I might use it to then be on the same tribe as Steffi. Right. Well, it's like whichever tribe is being voted against right i'm gonna either keep it for me because my tribe's being voted against and use it or give it to steffi for her to use so we're guaranteed protected and presumably make merch and now this is interesting because steffi and marion have been separated for a while now since the swap Mm -hmm. and marion has held on to this like ride or die with steffi where steffi has like because of necessity, because of being like out of the numbers initially has to like begin farming, forming other relationships. Right. And that does get a little messy here after a minute. There's a little bit of conflict of Steffi feeling as if maybe Marion is stepping on her game. It's like a lukewarm, lukewarm, a lukewarm reception of I'm glad you're here and I hope we can work together. But also I'm worried that you're going to just fuck up the carefully crafted situation that I've built over here. Tony tells Phil that our word is our bond. So Phil ends up throwing it and giving it to Yontau to win. And this is at the two hour mark. And then, then it's down to Tony, Steffi, and who's the fella? Tajan. Tajan. And Tony's like, hey, I'm the only person who hasn't been to Outpost out of all of us. We're all safe. Can we? Can I just have it? And, like, you can tell Steffi's, like, a little hesitant. They pretty quickly just, like, okay, toss their balls. Yeah. And then this is at the two-hour, ten-minute mark. And it's like, I was conflicted watching this where part of me always feels like the rewards and the immunity challenges are mm-hmm. a little bit separate from gameplay where I like to see people just compete and really do it their all and not make deals or do things like this. But at the same time, I'm reminded by just like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, they are playing an endurance game. True. And they're all, all the people left are working together. And we're all safe. It's like, they're oh. They're all safe. So why why physically push yourself and yep. drain yourself when you've got to do something tomorrow and you've got to go and take care of camp? And, and we don't know what tomorrow brings. And we know, we know, or hope, yes. a merge is coming so that we'll be able to be working on an individual game where that energy will matter so much more. A hundred percent. So yeah, as like, there's a part of me as a viewer that's like, Oh, I just want to see them go for five hours and you know, Steffi could go for way longer, right? but it makes sense that they make this choice. And I don't hate that either. So Tony wins. Tony wins. And then Tony and Phil are going to outpost. Should we take a quick moment? To talk outpost? Um, no, we should take a quick minute to throw it to break and then throw that outpost in our odds and ends code. I love it. We'll see you after break. Welcome back to Survivor Cast International. Where we're talking week two of Survivor South Africa, season nine, 
Return of Dim Outcasts. Dim, dim Outcasts. It's dim, crazy we haven't done dim, an Outcast music outcasts. here yet. It is kind of crazy. Maybe we'll end on an Outcast song today, but probably not. Maybe. Jabulani. Jabulani. Okay. Do you think the people like that when I sing Jabulani to them? Probably not. Jabulani. All right. Jackie, I believe it is time. We're going to mix things up in order a little bit this week. Is it that time again? And this might be a permanent mix up, depending on how flow goes this week. Um, Specifically to prevent me from stepping on the toes of your game. Right? I'm almost wondering if next week we'll do challenges, the quote game, then take a break and just wrap it up. That might be how we roll in next week. I think the quote game earlier is a good call. I agree. Cool. So with that, I'm no no longer going to make you guess what episode because I want you to be able to cross these off in your notes as we go in case we're talking about anything that you no longer have to circle back to. I'm not going to pause to cross things off in my notes, but (laughs) if I can I'm talking to the listener, right? If apropos of myself, I can just guess the episode. I'll throw it out there. Let's not try to have that be a part of it. If I can't, if I have no idea, I won't even attempt Cool. I mean, like, I'm going from start to finish, so, too. I'm going to buzz in with a turkey noise this week. Okay, let's hear it. Gobble, gobble. Perfect. That's what you have to do. So, our first quote is a two-parter. Oh, I'm damn. starting difficult. Shit. Um, the first part says, a dragon is brewing. A dragon is brewing? A dragon is brewing. Okay. Now, are these two separate people? Two separate people referring to the same person. So I have to guess who's saying it, though, right? Not who they're talking about? You have to guess both. Shit. You have to tell me the whole context. What's the other quote? The Messiah bringing the message. Okay, what? Now, I know the Messiah thing is Dante talking about himself. Correct. Dante refers to himself as the Messiah. So then that should help you out a whole lot. He's a psychopath. He is a psychopath referring to himself as the Messiah. So I'm assuming somebody else is referring to Dante as the dragon that's brewing? Yes. It's Dino talking about Dante? It is not. Is it Phil talking about Dante? This is the very first inkling that we get that Meryl is preparing to flip on Dante. Okay, okay. Dante, or Meryl is upset because she wasn't part of the attempt on Dante. The attempt did not work. Yes. So now Meryl knows what type of player Dante will become because of this and wants no part in it. It's very interesting because, yeah, the episode opens with Dino a little bit irritated at Phil for having not successfully pulled off the Dante thing last week. That's, I mean, that's honestly. No, right. Phil, Phil quotes himself as being that he's like, it's the first mistake I've made and it was a fucking big one. Which I think 
arguable, Phil, that that's the very first mistake you've made True. this season. I mean, I think we'll be the judge of that. But but it was a big fucking mistake. You kind of yes. fucked everything up. Like, you fucked up a beautiful Dante blindside. And Shauna's game. And possibly your own and... Dino's. He's lucky that have Dino been ruined. You're right. He's lucky that Dino is still so keen to work with him throughout the rest of the episode. It's all he's got. I love their dynamic, and I love that Dino still is ride or die with Phil. And I really do like the moments where Dino's like, "Oh, I just gotta reassure him and let him know he's still my number one." Mm-hmm. Or later when Phil is fretting over that he's not able to tell Dino about half of his idol situation with Tony because right. it's like I don't know how that's gonna shake out long term. Right? Because if if Kinda no one indicated. votes for who we are saying. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. So but, like, I mean, what it does, does it fucking matter? It does kind of indicate that maybe Dino's a little bit more in on Phil than Phil is on Dino. Maybe. And also what it indicates to me is that Phil doesn't want to disappoint Dino. Mm. Phil doesn't want to get Dino's hopes up for anything and let Dino like start running with something that might not be 100%. This quote also touches on a theme of this week, which Exactly. This is the first inkling of it, but Meryl not really wanting to work with Dante anymore. Mm-hmm. Being sick of how Dante interacts with people, his volatile, aggressive nature, his kind of whole thing of like directing people to do things. At one point, he like tells Meryl exactly what to go say to Dino yeah. to see how Dino will react to it. Absolutely. Just not a demeanor that really endears people to you. Well, and it's also not being a team member it's being a dictator which um another player talks about earlier on it's for later on i just like it's so crazy that he calls himself the messiah i know it's fucking absurd okay all right my next quote cody says i'm lying to people today i'm doing a bunch of lying (laughs) It's Tony. Yeah, it is. It's Tony, and I don't remember exactly the context. I think it's like midweek. It's episode nine, so first episode, right before headed to Tribal, just trying to convince people of who she's going to vote for. Yeah, it's a real Tony line. It is one of the lines that sticks out when you hear her say it. Talking about sticking out, my next quote says, There's something in my panty. Ooh. Is it (laughs) Meryl coming back from the stop shop? You know it. I just have the image of her like it's behind. You see her put her put it in her panty and then she does this little like shuffle Mm -hmm. readjust walk that is just burned into my memory. And that's Meryl talking to Marion. And this is where they officially decide that they're done with Dante in this conversation. Love it. Hashtag done with Dante. Mm-hmm. Our next quote brings us. I don't think Dino is good at this game. Oh, God. I think it's Marion talking to Meryl. Vice it's, versa. It's two, I'm like, it's two of the ladies. It's a moment I have highlighted in my notes as well. Uh, Meryl and Marion discussing how Dino is lovable, but clumsy <laughs> and bad at the game. And then it's just this whole thing of is this true or is it a needed perception that Dino has mm. crafted for his game? Is it this whole thing that Dante keeps harping on of the sad puppy dog thing that Dino does is just very smart gameplay? Or is Meryl saying, hey, we all know he does that fucking sad puppy dog bullshit. 
We know where he's coming from, and he's just still not very good at it. Well, they also apparently just physically clumsy. They say he would trip and hit you with the immunity idol if he were to win it. We're on the other side of things. Our next quote says, I have a firm grip on the reins at the moment. Again, Tony speaking on later in the week when she's really feeling herself in regards to just really thinking that she's the person calling the shots and crafting the moves. And I mean, she's not totally wrong. She's not totally wrong, but I feel like the minute you vocalize that on Survivor, it presents you with the karma of getting voted out. I feel like she almost can't help herself in the moment. Like she's just really like, you know, I'm kind of fucking crushing it. I'm, I'm steering the game right now. And I think it might come back to bite her. Talking about really just like going for it. My next quote, I feel like punching Tejan in the throat. Oh my gosh. Oh, I remember this, but I don't (laughs) remember who said it. Who wanted to punch Tejan in the throat? I don't remember. It's the start of episode 11, okay. right after a vote out. Does that help? Right after a vote out. No, I don't remember. So, Therizo just was voted out. Tejan was really coaxing Therizo and Felix, being like, hey, no, it's the three of us. So, it's Felix. And so, Felix is pissed off and ready to punch Tejan in the throat. You know, I don't support violence, but it's a real Will Smith moment where... I like Tajian and, you know, Chris Rock is also fine, but I really like Felix and Will Smith and can't totally disagree with their pathway to violence in this moment. Okay. I'll accept it. Okay. The more power people get in the game, the more vocal they become. Hmm. I don't know. Nico? Episode 12. It is Steffi talking about Tony. Okay. After Tony's gotten this moment of feeling herself and is becoming a little bit more directorial. Yeah. This is yeah. also after Outpost. So she's really working with an with a mission to get votes on Shane. It's not rubbing Steffi the right way. Interesting. These quotes really do paint a picture of the week. It really does. Everyone is whipping out parchment and pouches from their pantses. This is, of course, Meryl in her moment, I think at the beginning of episode 12. Yes. It kind of rides in tandem with, like, Shane has found the other diplomatic immunity. Which means nothing. It's a very funny cliffhanger on episode 11 that he, like, fucking finds this rope that's comically long. That he's pulling down you know he's like walking along the beach pulling this rope for mile after mile not quite like no it's not very long it's like oh shit (laughs) shane just fucking found an immunity idol we end the episode and then we open the next episode completely undercut it immediately i kind of liked it of oh no actually that's the other diplomatic community and because marion has played hers it's completely useless and because of that he like Pulls this like, oh, well, I can use it to trick people and throw people off my scent. And it's like, it comes down to like five of the six people on this tribe claiming some sort of ability to be immune in this, which is just fucking absurd. I think Dino talks about it later on and like brings up the point of like, 
There's no fucking way there's another idol, Oh, man. it's Phil. It's Phil. Oh, okay. Because it's like, oh, yeah, it's supposed to be a very difficult season, and it's been a difficult season, so I don't think they're handing idols out like candy. I'm going to call Shane's bluff. Last but not least, my final quote. Gonna find out who's who in the zoo. Gonna find out who's who in the zoo? I don't know if the gonna find out part is part of the quote. I only got down the who's who in the zoo. But it sounds much better if you say gonna find out who's who in the zoo. Hashtag gonna find out who's who in the zoo. Um, Another great t-shirt idea. Yes. I don't even know. That'd be a very interesting t-shirt. It would definitely raise questions. Oh, with like pictures like the cards that we bought today where animals are morphed together Ooh. Mm. does nico say this nope i'm drawing a blank this is dante at the start of the scramble before everyone gets up and starts like talking at the last tribal okay he's like well we're gonna find out who's who in the zoo or something like that okay that's a fun little rhyme i can imagine dante saying that and that brings us to the end of quotes. All right, let's take, are there any just odds and ends? Some, any just one-off things we want to touch on before we put a bow on the week? Um, We talked about how Phil fucked everything up at the beginning. Phil fucked it up. Hashtag Phil's a fuck up. Uh, the full package alliance is still going strong. There's this moment in, before Pinty gets voted off where Steffi gets pissed off at Pinty. <laughs> She's like, oh, you're always raising your voice at me. And then Pinty loses respect for Steffi because she apologized for yelling at her. Yeah, own it if you're going to fucking yell at me, bitch. Um, Right after that tribal, there's a minute where Shane has a talking head, or Phil. Phil has a talking head, and he's saying like he wants nothing more than to get Dante out, and he signs using ASL the sign more. Really? And I'm real curious if Phil knows American Sign Language or if that was just what he was doing when he was talking about wanting mo- wanting nothing more. Mm. But I'm just really curious. I clocked that. So Interesting. Interesting. Curious about that, Mr. Phil. Doctor okay. Phil, some might say. Oh, hashtag Doctor Phil. Killarney's big hammock chilling at some point is a note I have that I wanted to highlight. I love it. And then there's this whole thing of we talked about Dino's perception of mm-hmm. being like a sad sack loser, non-alpha male, and maybe that being something that he skates by on. There's a little bit of talk of is Killarney mm. a goat, like a goat that you want to bring that's a commodity. Everyone wants to bring Killarney to the end because she's, you know, an easy person to be held up against and get the million. And then at the same time, is Theriso yeah. perceived as a goat? And is that something that she's effectively using to her advantage as far as that perception that, that she's a goat? I feel like this is in that first episode. No, second episode, right? Yeah, because when Tejan, they're really trying when Tajan's trying to decide between Therizo and, and Killarney. Yeah. His whole thing of being he wants to collaborate with Therizo. He feels like she's a better, like second in command, going to give him advice, be someone you can bounce ideas off of, where Killarney is just that loyal goat you can bring mm-hmm. to the end. And it's interesting that Tajan is leaning more so to Theriso, where Tony is really interested in just taking Killarney because she is the easier person to bring. Correct. Doesn't want to have to deal with someone trying to think their way out of things. And 
Tajian's whole thing that he lands on is, you know, I want to save the Rizzo, but at what cost would it be to my game? And I do want to note that this happens because Masu lost this immunity. And Masu does have a conversation about, like, the inequality in both gender and physical strength Mm. between the current Masu and Yantu tribes. And so I just found that really interesting that, like, I mean... Therizo, this comes after Therizo trying to, like, lift herself up, up that, like, platform and, like, the physicality of some players versus others. It's a very interesting thing to, to consider. You know, at a certain point, it just kind of, how did the vote, you know, how has the game broken down to this point and how have the votes fallen? There's just, you know, after Marion flips, there's a little bit of a question of was that a good move for her? Mm-hmm. It's seeming like maybe she's not being very warmly welcomed and maybe Steffi is more annoyed than not at her presence there. Well, Steffi does say that things aren't quite as simple and clear cut as it seems, that there are like layers of this game that she's been playing and approaching that maybe Marion hasn't taken into consideration. Yeah. And... I think that's about all I have besides Outpost, but I don't know if Outpost has mostly been covered. I think we have to hit it just a little bit. The only thing that really happens at Outpost, of course, playing our Outpost music. Countdown to Outpost. The only thing that really happens is... Tony and Tajan are working together. They each get half of an idol. Phil. Phil's out there. Phil, Phil, Phil and Tony. And if they're able to predict who the next person voted out is, it then becomes active, but they both need the other half of it. They go for Shane. So it doesn't work. Goes nowhere. Yeah. It's all moot. Phil is super fucking animated at Outpost. It's fun to watch him. So excitable. And I, like I'm sure Tony and Phil were, super fucking disappointed there was no snack or food or anything like that for them. Come on, fuckers. No cookies, no juice, no nada. Not a chip and salsa in sight. Salsa, 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 salsa. The number one condiment in South Africa, South Africa, because it's so fun to say. Salsa. Well, I think that is another week in Survivor South Africa, Jacqueline. Hell yeah, it is. Hell yeah, it is. Check out our other Survivor content. We've got Philly Fridays, UK Mondays. South Africa Sundays, of course. And, you know, come interact with us on our Instagram and Twitter and such, because that would make us smile. And you'll see fun videos and GIFs and reels and such. If you want to nominate someone for Miss Congeniality, Fashionista, Amanda Hussein, Miss Congeniality, uh, Um, Ultimate Survivor. Or Serafina Teachable Moment, let us know. Keep listening to those wonderful Whoopi Week contents that have blessed your ears. And we'll see you next time. Yeah, we'll catch you next week for week four of Survivor South Africa. Put the
Money over everything. Money be the king. You've just listened to a Reality Pod International podcast. Find more episodes and other great shows at Reality Pod INT on Twitter. Rate, review, subscribe, and find us on all social media platforms. Thanks for listening. I thought you. But did we want music? Are we oh, coming back from the break? We're not coming back from break. We're just talking about. Oh, challenge. fuck. Sorry. <laughs> Take two.